Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of About to Review. This episode is all about comedic, uh, what it, comedic, timing, comedic timing <laughs> is what it is. Uh, I am joined by a new guest in the studio, uh, my good friend Lynn Barry. Welcome to the studio, Lynn. Thanks for having me, John. And yeah, Lynn and I met each other through a mutual friend, Steve, who has been on the podcast before, our gaming episode, and... Lynn and I used to spend a lot of time doing Seattle pop culture trivia uh, at the pubs in Seattle. And after doing all of that, I was like, this woman knows her movies. And we would always have really interesting conversations about movies. So I wanted her on the show. And this is her idea to do an episode about comedies that hit us at the right time in our life. Like the right stages where just it really resonated. So, was there any reasoning for your comedic timing ideas? Well, I think not only is comedy, uh, the timing is everything, Mm -hmm. but also comedy is very subjective. So, I think you have to be in the right headspace to really enjoy certain comedies at the right time. Yeah, I definitely agree. So, not to put the pressure on you, but I'm going to put the pressure on you. How about you start with your first comedy that hit you at the right time in your life or headspace? What you got? All right. So I have a classic. Okay. Uh, 1980s airplane exclamation ah, point. Of course. Of course. Right. Which is different than the other series <laughs> of airplane movies that came out. So airplane exclamation point. Yes. And, and didn't see it in the theater. It wasn't that experience. Mm-hmm. But it was my 13th birthday slumber party. Wow. <laughs> that really hit it home. Okay. I mean, we're talking rent a VHS tape mm-hmm. and put it in the well, what giant... Was that, what was that word? V- v- VHS. VHS. Okay. Is that German? Uh, okay. See, I'm showing my age now. <laughs> Listeners, uh, ask your parents what a VHS is. <laughs> and picture, if you will, a giant machine that has a pop-up top that you slide. <laughs> oh, yeah, slide. the pop-up top? Yes, okay. we were cutting edge. The only pop-up top I remember seeing when I was a kid was a Betamax, which mm. that was the great wars of the, of the 80s for the VHS versus Beta. That was the only one that I saw a pop-up, pop-top. Oh, VHS had it too, yes. Okay. So 13th birthday, mm-hmm. slumber party. So we've got a room full of 13-year-old girls. Mm-hmm. And this movie, I, I, ha- I can't remember laughing so hard. It was just the best night we had. And, of course, having it on the VHS recorder gave you mm-hmm. the option to rewind Whoa. and replay <laughs> certain critical scenes. Mm-hmm. And for us, the, the crowd pleaser was one of the sight gags, one of the visuals, and it was the shit hitting the fan. Right. <laughs> and we watched that over and over and over and over again. <laughs> and it was just a blast. We couldn't have had more fun. We had popcorn. We giggled. Of course. Of as, course. as you would. Why, why would you not? And this was truly unapologetic humor, just for the sake of humor. Mm-hmm. It was unadulterated, sophomoric, slapstick. And even at that young age, I think I got many of the jokes. And so <laughs> <Right. laughs> there's probably a few I missed. But also being a movie fan, I truly appreciated that homage to these disaster movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, we spent many a family afternoon watching The Poseidon Adventure. Oh, yeah. Or The Towering, Towering Inferno. Inferno. Yes, uh-huh. a classic. And those were great movies. Mm-hmm. And even the air, you know, the airplane without the exclamation point right. movies. I think that, do they make more than one of those? 
I feel like they did. There were a couple different ones. Yeah. Yes. And so I appreciated the, the you know, the opening credits with the uh, airplane tail fin going through the clouds <laughs> to the Jaws theme. Brilliant. Oh, wow. Just yeah. right from the outset. Just funny and about movies mm-hmm. and just pure humor. And it was all you know, very pre-PC. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Does anyone here speak jive? <laughs> I do. <laughs> this little, little old lady. lady. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Uh, yes. And so the other thing with the airplane, and I think I mentioned this on one of the episodes before, one of the brilliant things they did was you take an actor like Leslie Nielsen, the great Leslie Nielsen, who you know came from a serious acting background. You put him in a comedy, and he acts like it is a serious movie. And so the way he delivers everything, I mean, is just incredible because this is a comedy, a total slapstick, but the lines are delivered in a way where it is as if the actors, and of course, they, you know, it was not a serious thing, but they deliver them just deadpan a lot of the time. It's almost like they're not in on the joke, and yet that exactly. is the joke. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was one of the brilliant things about Airplane, and it sparked a whole genre. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole Naked Gun. Yep. Um, but out of all of those, Airplane is still my favorite. Okay, yeah, because there's Naked Gun, Naked Gun 2. Two and a half. Two and a half, and <laughs> Naked Gun 33 and a third. Yeah, and Leslie mm-hmm. Nielsen wasn't all of those. So, yes. okay, so that was your first one, Airplane, from your 13th birthday party. Yeah. So my first one is also an 80s movie, not surprisingly, uh, from my childhood, Three Amigos. So <laughs> Three Amigos came out in 1986. Uh, another one that, I, again, I did not see it in the theater, but one, we used to have movie nights a lot with my family. So something where all of us could just get together, and it was just, it was really fun. This was one of the first movies that I remember from those movie nights, and it was also on VHS, uh, not with the pop top. <laughs> uh, and so Three Amigos, it was directed by the great John Landis, uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, uh, Chevy Chase. So the story is basically these three actors. This is back when, before the talkies, you know, so these are silent film actors who play these cowboys, uh, the three amigos. They end up getting through, you know, various things. This small Mexican village thinks that they are real heroes, real cowboys. And so they have this threat, El Guapo, that is, you know, coming to their village. And so they call, or not call, they call out to, via telegram, the three amigos to have them come and rescue their town. Hilarity ensues, you know, pretty much from the beginning. And so some of my favorite, you know, moments in this, because again, these are three just idiot actors for the most part who just are so oblivious to the outside world because, you know, they kind of lived on the Hollywood lot at the time and were just pumping out these movies. So at one point, they're trying to get to El Guapo's and they're trying to look for the singing bush. So they come across this bush (laughs) that is just belting uh, I'll be coming, or she'll be coming around the mountain. And so you have Martin Short just looking at it like, are you the singing bush? As this bush is just belting these tunes out. So it's just this hapless innocence and just dumb characters that end up just in all of these various adventures. And of course, you know, spoiler alert, they end up being heroes that they, they were always kind of meant to be. Um, and of course, the, the Amigo salute. That, that I'm sure everyone knows. Uh, My Little Buttercup, the song that they sing in a cantina, because the other thing is part of this movie, they get mistaken for El Guapo's kind of henchman that he is expecting. And so they go into this bar, 
and everyone was like, oh, we've, we've heard about these guys. They think they heard about them as, you know, the actors, Three Amigos. No, they thought these guys were killers and everything. And then they start singing My Little Buttercup. It's a classic musical number. It, it, the <laughs> choreography is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Chevy Chase is on the piano, and then Martin Short, Steve Martin, do this whole dance. Phenomenal. Now, what is interesting, so thinking of the movies that they did, they were all silent films, yet they, like, they had this thing rehearsed. They're like, oh, you remember that thing we did in the movie? But no one had ever heard them sing. Mm. I just kind of thought about that. Even little Ned? Even little Ned, yeah, Ned Niederlander, <laughs> Martin Short's character. And I think this was Martin Short's first movie, like first big movie, because um, he had done a bunch of TV stuff before that. But yeah, I think this was his, his first thing. So yeah, I could go off about Three Amigos for a whole episode. It is, but you know, going back to that timing of it, it was family. It was just, I mean, to this day, I could call up any member of my family, give one line. For the next 20 minutes, we would just be going over lines and quoting things. And so it will, it will be all downhill from there. So the timing <laughs> of it was, it was just it was perfect in that sense. It was good, clean family fun. It was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, El Guapo, uh, I think only there's only one curse word. It is when he is threatening. Oh, who is he threatening? I think Dusty. Uh, and he was saying that he Dusty will. Dusty Bottoms. Dusty Bottoms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that he will rip his insides out or something, you know. But yeah, good, clean, family fun. Mm-hmm. I could watch that movie every day. So it, it is tremendous. That was my first one. So on to your second one. So we kind of talked about childhood you know, mm-hmm. movies. Yours was 13. Mine, I mean, I was quite a bit younger than that. But what is your next kind of period piece? Oh, so the coming of age story mm-hmm. of a teenage girl. Okay. 16 Candles. Of course. And those of you listening can't appreciate the fact that I am wearing my I Love Jake Ryan (laughs) t-shirt. I will take a picture and put that up on Twitter uh, when this episode comes out so people can appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And for me, this is a movie I could watch over and over and have watched over and over. It's very Mm -hmm. quotable. I mean, I even know where they've dubbed over the not even real curse words in the TV version versus the real version. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you have to replace, you know... I'm totally serious, asswipe with. Oh. I'm totally serious, pencil neck. It's just not weird. But knowing that subtle difference, yes. Uh, So, you know, the family drama of it, Mm -hmm. the high school angst of it. Yeah. Uh, And for me, this was the uh, beginning of a whole new genre for me, which was John Hughes films. Yeah. They hit me at just the right time, and 16 Candles, the timing could not have been better. (laughs) Um, I've seen it a million times, I love it. What are some of the scenes that really resonated with you when you sat? Now, also, did you see it in the theater or at home? I've seen it in the theater. I've seen it at <laughs> home. I've seen it on anniversaries as you know, a more mature adult later, mm-hmm. later in time. And, and even though no one ever forgot my 16th birthday, <laughs> right. uh, I could totally relate to that type of experience and the high school experience that Samantha mm-hmm. Baker is going through. She's sort of caught between the nerds and the mm-hmm. cool people, um, and there are the cliques, and the high school dance is where that becomes abundantly clear uh, at yeah. all levels <laughs> for everyone. Mm-hmm. So just those those movie magic moments, plus there's great soundtrack. So oh, yeah. things like the, the high school dance just has brilliant music as well, which just brings me back to that time every time I hear it. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it's safe to say that I had a crush <laughs> not only on like hot senior guys in my high school, right. but on Jake Ryan himself. Of course. He's the yeah. ultimate. And I think you, yeah, you would not be alone with a lot of women from your generation, mm-hmm. possibly some men from your generation <laughs> who were just like, that man is dreamy. He's super dreamy. Yes. And he cares. He isn't mm. just a brainless, uh, beautiful guy. You right. know, he has a heart and a soul. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Anthony Michael Hall's geek is the oh, one that man. brings that out in him. Yeah. And Molly Ringwald, Samantha Baker, that brings it out in him to be more of that, you know, real person that every girl could love. And Anthony, Mike, I mean, yeah, the, all of the all of the archetypes that this kind of had. You had the jock, you know, you had the geek, you know, you had the pretty girl, you had the not so pretty. I mean, I think it really. I think you are right that it really kind of set that in motion, and it might be one of the more relatable of those because even the like Breakfast Club, same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the the loner, you know, you had the jock, you had all of those types of things. I think something about Sixteen Candles just did it in a in a better way well and, and for a more me, it's, relatable it's the humor mm-hmm. that makes it so relatable it's so funny and just those awkward moments making them funny and laughable instead of painful right i think that's really what you know brings it home to me and even you know now looking back at it not so culturally sensitive uh no not so much yeah long duck dong yeah uh it's a little hard Tragic. to watch but I do give him credit as the you know foreign exchange student. Mm-hmm. He scores a new style American girlfriend. He does. Yeah. He parties with the cool senior crowd. Mm-hmm. Gets drunk, crashes the car. <laughs> you know he's cool. Mm-hmm. He's not a social pariah at all. He, he does right. pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. So even even with that, uh, it's still funny. And yeah, there there are there are those moments. You know, whenever you're whenever you're looking at generational films, even decade by decade. Some there are a lot of just cringeworthy yes. moments, mm-hmm. cringeworthy just non PC moments. I think with airplane, the non PC moments are are kind of easier in the sense of you know easier to kind of just play off because it was the seventies. Oh, um, and it's so over the top. Yeah, and it, it was yes. overt. Yes, with sixteen candles. Yeah, long duck dong. It was just like, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So uh, you know just. Great little parts for people who went on to do bigger and better things. Uh, absolutely. I could not love John Cusack more in that movie. Mm. He plays one of the, you know, lesser dorks, mm-hmm. worshipping at the Anthony Michael Hall Farmer Ted geekdom. Right. And just, he is just, has some great lines and some great moments. And Joan Cusack as well with her Shocking. They were, in a, they were in a movie together. Yes. John and Joan Cusack. Yeah. Surprising. <laughs> Probably first of many. Was it? Uh, they've prob- been in a few. It probably was the first. Cause I, oh yeah, I know they have been in a whole lot together. I, that is interesting. I wonder how many brother sister duos have been in a bunch of movies together. Mm-hmm. I matter to do research. Oh yeah. By that mm-hmm. I mean a Wikipedia, which I'm sure, <laughs> or a BuzzFeed article that someone has already written. So lots of great moments, lots of great performances. Mm-hmm. Um, I still love to watch it. it it's very quotable, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Okay. Jake Ryan's. He's the one. <laughs> Jake Ryan is the one. <laughs> uh, well, now in the age of social media, we can reach out to him and be like, all this time, I've had an unrequited crush for you. Mm, no, I went to see all the bad movies he made afterwards, and I think oh. that cured me a little bit. But. Okay. <laughs> but nothing will take away from that time when you saw it. <sighs> yes. And it just, he was the one. It, it, would, it has to remain unrequited love to mm. have this impact on me of Reminding me of my teenage years. That definitely makes sense. Uh, so mine, 
uh, kind of does not go into the teenage years quite yet. Uh, 1993, Robin Hood, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, the Mel Brooks film. This was my first exposure to Mel Brooks because, again, like I had no idea that he was this legendary, you know, comedic director and writer and all of these things. Robin Hood, Men in Tights, when it came out, it was perfect because it had just <laughs> completely juvenile humor. Yes. It had action. It had men it in was, tights. It was slapstick. It had men in tights. <laughs> like they made fun, of, just like with Airplane. Like mm-hmm. they were able to kind of make fun of themselves in a way where, you know, granted, in all of Mel Brooks' movies, the fourth wall just does not exist. Like they, every, almost every character at some point in all of his movies will look to the camera, you know, or do something like that. But this movie. I just, it was again, you know, with yours, with your first one, I laughed so <laughs> hard when I saw this because even some of the jokes that I did not get until I was older, it just, something about it, whether it was the physical comedy of, you know, little John falling into this tiny little creek on his back and he is just drowning and Carlos just looks at the camera and he was like, huh, and just reaches down <laughs> and picks him up and he was like, oh, you saved my life. So things like that. Uh, Dave Chappelle was in it. Mm. And of course, Carrie Elwes, who, another movie that I could talk about for a whole episode that I might do someday. The Princess Bride. Princess Bride. I knew it. Yep. It, okay, it is a perfect <laughs> film. I'm just going to say that. I will not go into it because it would be an entire episode. Leave it at that. Yeah. But so seeing him in Princess Bride, you know, growing up and absolutely loving him, and then seeing him in a role, you know, very similar in the sense of, you know, he, he, he can sword fight. You know, he is this great, you know, character. But with this, like, seeing his comedy chops was incredible. Um, so, of course, you know, the, the Men in Tights song and dance were men, were men <laughs> in tights, yes. And so getting, getting all of these actors together, and Mel Brooks has a phenomenal way of just getting people to do things in just a comfortable, fun, relaxed way that, that again, when I finally started watching his other films, and I was like, wait this movie is really funny. Wait, they're all really funny. <laughs> yeah. And then I saw Blazing Saddles probably earlier mm. than I should have age-wise. And yeah, that, that, was, that was a different type of thing. But Robin Hood Men in Tights, it just, yeah, timing-wise, I remember going to school, in elementary school, and talking to all of my classmates about it and quoting it, uh, going down to the premiere video. This is like blockbuster era. Uh, going down to the premiere video and getting it on VHS in a giant clamshell you know, case. So, uh, one of my favorite moments from this, which again is kind of that fourth wall, or not kind of, definitely fourth <laughs> wall breaking. At uh, one point, Richard Lewis, you know, he looks at Robin Hood and he was like, oh, you know, what makes you so different? And Carriola says, well, unlike some Robin Hoods, I can speak with an English accent. <laughs> and everyone is all, ooh. <laughs> so things like that were just great. All of the, the Blinken stuff, just like, hey, Blinken, did you say a Blinken? <laughs> so, like, as a kid, not really understanding what um, anachronisms were, it was just, it was, it was a perfect type of movie to watch as a kid because it just it hit on all of those types of humor. And then as an adult, then I got a lot more of the jokes. Mm-hmm. And by adult, I mean, like, a teenager watching it <laughs> multiple times later, again. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, 93. Do you remember... Well, like when that came out or like, do you remember seeing it in the theater or anything? 
I don't, but this gives me a chance to tell my Mel Brooks story. Yeah, okay. I met Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. Wow. <laughs> yes. Is he like four feet ten? Like I would, like he always looks so small. <laughs> He's small. Uh, he was sitting at the time, so okay. I was on my family European vacation when she was I was using air quotes right now. This 13. is an audio medium. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, so we did London, Paris, and Rome. Mm-hmm. Part of our Paris trip was to travel to Versailles and see the gardens oh, wow. there. And for as historical and beautiful of a place, all my family could think about was Mel Brooks' movie where he shoots the peasant into the air to shoot it and says, <laughs> it's good to be the king. Mm-hmm. And as we toured the grounds and the palace, mm-hmm. you know, every once in a while, someone in my family would just lean over and say, it's good to be the king. <laughs> and then a few days later, we were in Rome mm-hmm. and uh, we were at a restaurant and my father and my mother are looking at this couple over at a different table. Okay. And says, oh, that guy looks like Mel Brooks. Hmm. And my mom says, well, I think it is Mel Brooks because that's Anne Bancroft sitting next to him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, of course, we, you know, hemmed and hawed. Should we go say hello? Mm-hmm. And, and in the end, we, we did. And because my dad is, is a great storyteller, he's a funny guy, my awesome. dad, he told it in such a way that made Mel Brooks laugh. Wow. It was a wonderful moment for our family. We just enjoyed it. And they were so gracious and wonderful and asked us about our trip. And so, yeah, Mel Brooks has a special place, and his comedies are very funny to me. That is awesome. Now, are there any pictures of that? I mean, granted, this is before, you know, kind of the the selfies and everything like that. But were you guys able to just kind of embrace the experience as it was happening and not really worry about that? No photos. And we didn't want to be tacky tourists and Americans. So we just had our wonderful moment, and we moved on, and we've enjoyed that moment as a family ever since that is yeah. phenomenal so i love that you picked a mel brooks movie and mm-hmm. that's that's brings back good memories funny oh there, funny there you stories. go i did that just for you oh, even thanks. though i had no yeah. idea about that story <laughs> um young frankenstein was also a movie oh that i gosh. saw post robin hood men in tights that i think takes my number two spot robin hood men in tights as far as mel brooks movies mm-hmm. robin hood men in tights number one for me young frankenstein number two then kind of down down the list like blazing saddles history of the world um, your your list might be a little bit different because you saw them in different yes. order than I did. Mm-hmm. But what would you say is your number one Mel Brooks movie? Oh, Spaceballs. See, and that's the thing. Like Spaceballs, <laughs> maybe it was when I saw it. Maybe because I love Star Wars too much. Like mm-hmm. it is the bottom of my list, bottom of my Mel Brooks list because it was just like one of one of the things that you know. I think I talked to Steve about maybe before we were recording some movies. Like when you watch them as a kid and you try and watch them as an adult. It just does not work. So Spaceballs, I remember trying to watch as a kid, not really liking it. I was like, all right, I'm an adult now. Let me try it again. Still just kind of did nothing for me. So, yeah. that. Well, that's too bad. I think I saw it at the right time when I was yep. at the height of Star Wars appreciation, mm-hmm. as only a kid can have that appreciation. Yeah. You can't really have that so much later in life. And I don't know that I ever want to see it again because <laughs> that I might have that experience where it just doesn't hold mm-hmm. up and I don't find it as funny now. But at the time, very funny. The, the nostalgia filter is real yes. in a lot of different areas, whether it is music, movies, like, oh, I remember that thing. Sometimes it is best just to let yes. it let it live there. <laughs> All right. So yeah, Robin Hood Uh you are next. Oh, okay. Next up, we're moving on to the sort of twenty-something era, mm-hmm. and another groundbreaking comedy mm-hmm. that hit me at the right time was Kevin Smith's Clerks. Amazing. Amazing movie. Mm-hmm. Just 
one of those movies where I laughed so hard, a little bit of pee came out. <laughs> and wow. I laughed so hard that I missed the next two jokes oh, because wow. I was still laughing. Mm-hmm. I saw it uh, in this tiny little theater in DuPont Circle in D.C. with my friend Kelly. Mm-hmm. And we sat there in the dark feeling like it was a living room with our friends. Mm-hmm. And I just I can't remember laughing so hard in a, in a theater. In the theater, like yes. when you're... Seeing it for the first time. And this movie, I mean, comedy is subjective. And Mm -hmm. for me, this movie spoke to me because Mm. I'm from New Jersey. Yep. That is true. And I spent my college years working in the student corporation, which ran a convenience store and a video rental. Really? (laughs) Among other things. Wow. Yes. So RTS video, like you you could relate. It was right there. Uh, All those annoying customers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I knew exactly what Randall was going through. Mm Mm-hmm. And the, that combination of the, the type of people, the place where they were, mm-hmm. those physical places of the stores yeah. was so familiar to me. And even conversations that these guys have um, with each other or Dante and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know people who've had conversations about <laughs> it's, you know, there's a difference between the number of people you've hooked up with and the number mm-hmm. of people you've actually slept with. Mm-hmm. And, that difference and that, can make that, a can, difference. that can lead to awkward situations, yes. like thirty-seven <laughs> in a row. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and one of my favorite moments, and one of the conversations that just seemed so familiar to me because mm-hmm. I had a similar conversation with a friend of mine at the video store, right? was which was better, Empire Strikes Back mm. or Return of the Jedi? Classic debate. It is. It is. And and although we didn't go down the same road of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that the destruction of the second Death Star probably took out independent contractors. Independent contractors, janitors. Social I mean, injustice, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that wasn't me. For me, it was more of the, as soon as Star Wars started marketing toward kids with mm-hmm. Ewoks and Ugh. pod racers and all that stuff. It yeah. went downhill fast. Mm-hmm. So I agree with the assessment of the darkness of Empire is, mm-hmm. is my favorite. Well, because the other thing, like, just touch on Ewoks real quick. <laughs> People forget, okay, yeah, they're all cuddly and whatever. They were going to eat everyone. They had them on spits over a fire. Yeah. So, <laughs> take that into consideration. <laughs> I mean, well, your house cattle eat you if you're dead there long enough, too. So, they were know. alive, though. Like, they were roasting, <laughs> they were wanted to roast them alive, not even giving them the sweet embrace of death before putting them over an open fire. So that is, yeah, yes. being that you have the connections to it, the physical connections, both from mm-hmm. the state, from a very similar experience, like Kevin Smith has talked about that multiple times, how, you know, he and Brian Johnson, you know, worked at the community store, yeah. at the video store, and like they would just walk over to each other, just ignore their job and just have those conversations and just have to start developing that friendship. Mm-hmm. In a way that only people of that age and those crappy jobs that everyone has to take at some point and deal with that type of person. Yeah. Yeah. And having yeah, your best friend to commiserate with you, to call you out on your bullshit mm-hmm. when you're, oh, poor me, I have this crappy job. You know, that's what you need. Mm-hmm. And uh, even some of the, the women in the film, mm-hmm. like it's a very male-centric film, but the girlfriends, the current Veronica... Uh, Brie, I guess is the other, or Caitlin mm-hmm. Brie, whatever her name is. Um, I knew girls like that. This sort mm. of loud-talking Jersey girl with the big hair <laughs> right. and lots of jewelry and interesting wardrobe. Right. Um, I, you know, There were times when I aspired to be those girls, but I never quite got there, but I knew lots of people like them. And, 
and the obsession with hockey and mm-hmm. you know these are just so go devils things. i say that only to fit in sorry i actually do not follow hockey no one sent me any tweets like did you see the game <laughs> i did not <laughs> well so in my book i'm a new york rangers fan Ooh. anyone who's a devil's fan that was you know is a disloyal Rangers fan, most likely. Unless mm. they're of a certain age. Okay. When, if they grew up when the Devils were the only ones around in Jersey, that's okay. Okay. You, you will yes. let that one pass. I'll let that one slide. <laughs> but, um, but I loved Clerks. And, mm-hmm. and for part of me, part of my enjoyment was that movie-watching experience. Yeah. And I truly appreciated how special that was later when I was at home and... My dad brought it home from the video store. Oh, no. And my first reaction was, oh, Oh, my God, I love this movie. Not thinking that this is not a good movie to watch Mm. with your parents and your grandmother. Oh, no. Terrible. (laughs) I had to hold back the laughter, and it was so uncomfortable. And, yeah. Now, the question, did they laugh at all? Or were they just horrified at what was happening? (laughs) There definitely were some funny moments. Okay. But mostly it was, uh, I think, horror. So it was not... The same wow. experience watching it with my family. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, Kevin Smith is is definitely, you know, one of my favorite directors. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, he started out just doing something where he was like, no one is going to tell this story. No one is going to do this movie. So I'm going to do it. Like, this is my experience at these two mm-hmm. stores with my friends, you know, his real friends. And so it just, it just had an honesty about it. That and again, shooting in black and white. Oh yeah! Not only necessarily for the artistic choice, but it was a lot cheaper, mm-hmm. you know, to get it developed, to get it processed. Um, and yeah. I, you know, I didn't learn any of that until later. Mm-hmm. For me, it was just pure enjoyment of the movie. Right. But I do appreciate it. I think even more knowing that you know, this was groundbreaking for yeah. him. He saved his pennies. Uh, well, um, saved and spent. He did it on like, the cheap. Oh yeah, he like sold all his comic books. Sold all this, which <laughs> as a, as a comic book collector myself, like. I mean, he has told that story so many times and it just like, but again, he did it to pursue a dream. Yeah. Since then, he has done amazing mm-hmm. things. So, I mean, you got to be willing to take that, that huge risk and, and he did it. Now, what do you think? Speaking of clerks, how do you feel about the alternate ending that he decided not to use? It was eventually on like the, you know, the extra features yeah. of the DVD. Where Dante gets shot and yes. is like lying dead at the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it would have uh, taken a twist mm-hmm. to more black comedy. Yeah. The ending, as it was, is just pure comedy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have that, I mean, well, that, it's got some dark side to it. That snap reality yes. of like, whoa. whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take you to a different place. It just lets you enjoy the pure humor and comedy. So, I don't know. You prefer the original, then. I prefer the original. <laughs> yeah. But I appreciate the thought, the idea of, mm-hmm. you know. Because the whole time, like, one of the, the tropes of the whole movie, I'm not even supposed to be, be here, here today. today. <laughs> and all of us have been in this situation, whether it is at work, at school, or mm-hmm. something. And so then have something happen, you know, catastrophic happen. So, yeah, I did. Th- I did one of the things I appreciate is that, you know, putting it on the special features, because that is something that he could have just talked about, you know, years later. Mm-hmm. But putting it on there and being like, <clears throat> Like, this was an idea that I had. This was something that, you know, I was thinking about. So, I, yeah, I liked that he included it, but I'm glad that it was not in the, the final cut. I've also not seen, I, I've heard there's an animated uh, outtake scene 
that they couldn't afford to shoot at the time of filming the movie, which hmm. is when they go to the funeral. And you okay. hear a little bit about what happened there is that, you know, they knocked over. As the they come gauntlet. running out. Yes, of, yeah. as they come running out. But I've heard that there's a, like an animated version of that scene. Hmm. So uh, it's not something I've sought out, but maybe I will now after uh, reliving Well, because there, the, there was the cartoon clerks. Like there was an actual cartoon that was on oof, ABC, I want to say, that did not last very mm-hmm. long. People were just were not ready uh, for that. <laughs> you can buy like the whole set. Well, maybe it's part of that. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if it is because yeah, you can buy that on Amazon or or something. Yeah, that that would be interesting to see if if that was what what it was. Another vision he had, he just couldn't make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like kind of just the imagining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see them go in, and then they come running. They come out. running yeah. out. <laughs> Clearly, something happened. Yeah, yeah. It was very funny. Yeah. yeah, something major. Excellent. And oh. I will I will say that there was a moment in mm-hmm. Dogma. Okay. So this is another Kevin Smith movie yes. years later. Where <laughs> Kevin Jay, Smith fan cast yes, right now. <laughs> where Jay and Silent Bob are talking about the ideal place to go sell drugs mm-hmm. is Illinois. Because that's where <laughs> right. all the John Hughes films were made. And that those kids oh. were seriously in need of a good drug dealer. Might mellow them out a little bit. Yeah. you know. <laughs> so I like that tie-in between two of my favorite comedies. I like it. Always making connections. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. All right, so for so my next one, still kind of in the in the youth uh, spectrum, but again, when it came out, I saw it in the theater. I I almost peed my pants. Uh, did not actually <laughs> pee my pants, but 1998, half baked, another Dave Chappelle movie, <laughs> kind of a trend. Uh, Dave Chappelle, Jim Brewer, um, and I forget the other guy's name. Sorry, whoever you are. <laughs> um, but this hit me right in high school. And so seeing this absolute stoner comedy, and that is all it is from beginning to end, just, you know, three best friends living together in New York, all working just kind of various, you know, crappy jobs, and their only release, or major release, is just getting high together. <laughs> this movie, I mean, I re- this was maybe the first movie where I was crying in the theater, <laughs> where it was just... Because, again, this was high school. High school can be a little, how should we say, foggy for some people. <laughs> uh, there might be some clouds in the air. So there was some you could relate to the topic. Slightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had some friends who knew some friends. Um, and so watching these guys go through their adventures. And similar watching a John Hughes movie where you're like, you know people who are this character and this character mm-hmm. and this character. I knew all of the people, <laughs> all of that type of you know, stoner that they mention in the film uh, and just watching these people go through this, that that is all they want to do. They just want to work their job, come home, just relax. And when they finally are able to kind of uh, better their situation through various means of acquiring, uh, you know, weeds, then go sell and make their own empire. It just, the things they do. So when Jim Brewer, you know, gets fired, from the record store where he was working. Just this classic scene. He was like, I'm not going to do what everyone thinks I'm going to do. I'm not going to flip out, man. <laughs> I just want to know who's coming with me. Who's coming with me? So all of us who have ever had to think about quitting a job, that scene is something that we, we have always wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> so that, some of the other things, when 
and I gotta I gotta look it up because I I feel bad that I am blanking on the other character. I can't uh, help you because the uh, genre, the Cheech and Chong genre, is not one of my favorites. And I think I'm that not is, as re- it's not as relatable for me. Right, and I think <laughs> that is the difference is the Cheech and Chong genre started in yeah the seventies, and this came out yeah in nineteen ninety eight. So the Cheech and Chong movies, like I tried watching them in high school, they did nothing for me because it was just it was a different type of humor, it was a different type of just film altogether. And I just could not get into it. Whereas Half-Baked, again, seeing people who are closer in age, mm-hmm. I think that was really what, what made a difference. Uh, but yeah, Guillermo Diaz, who played Scarface in, in Half-Baked. So he was working at like a McDonald's-style you know, fast food place. And when he goes to quit, when people are just giving him crap, and he just gets on the microphone and goes, F you, F you, <laughs> F you, you're cool, as he points to an old lady, I'm out. <laughs> And then just walks away. It's so, a fantasy. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely a fantasy. And so that one is probably the, the most uh, kind of real as far as timing-wise. Teenager mm-hmm. seeing a film that I was like, I can relate to this. <laughs> so, all right. So what those, those are kind of your childhood, youth, and college. What is kind of an, an honorable mention? Well, I've... I've seen movies in the theater that, uh, you know, I just laughed so hard because they're just pure fun and mm-hmm. funny, but don't hit me the same way as, as being as relatable. You know, The Hangover or, mm-hmm. well, Bridesmaids I can relate to, have been a bridesmaid many mm-hmm. times. But just that pure fun, um, you know, sometimes the timing's right, you're in the right mood, or the people are of a similar age or going through something similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there's so many comedies that I've enjoyed. Uh I just haven't had that same really personal timing connection. And then, you know, classics, pretty much everything Bill Murray ever did is, is a mm. favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, love, love Bill Murray. He's great. And Caddyshack and Stripes and Ghostbusters. And right. So much fun. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a golfer. And right. I've never been in the Army. And, well, Ghostbusting, maybe someday. <laughs> yeah, right. Who knows? <laughs> So my, my kind of, I would just run through my, my honorable mentions. Uh, Mall Rats in 1995. Ah. <laughs> that was my first Kevin Smith movie. Uh, and again, it came out, when I saw it, it was the first movie that, again, I started collecting comic books from a really young age. So here I am watching this movie and I was like, wait a minute, they're talking about comic books. I know about comic books. And it was the first time where I was like, what, they can do this? Like they can just talk about comics. And it was just, that was really fun for me. Kind of getting mm-hmm. all of those inside jokes, you know, what they're making, the things they're talking about, running into Stan Lee, him giving them, or Brody, you know, relationship <laughs> advice. So that was, that was my first foray into Kevin Smith. And then I found Clerks later. Uh, and then ever since then, then I was caught up on all of his movies, including Tusk, which came out last year, oh. which was, have you seen Tusk? No, I haven't. Oh, boy. You are in for a ride. Okay. Uh, far different from mm-hmm. from from Clerks and Dogma and all of those, uh, but he is at that you know experimental phase in his career because he can. So why not? Good for him. Uh, so yeah, Mallrats gets my one of my honorable <laughs> mentions. Uh, Friday, the movie with Chris Tucker and Ice Cube, I saw pretty much every week for a long time when I'd go to hang out with a certain group of friends on the weekend. Uh, we were just, that was our go-to. 
And so I can quote that movie pretty much beginning to end because it just, and yeah, same thing. It was around high school, mm-hmm. hanging out with my high school friends. So that, that one for sure gets an honorable mention. And then the only college ones that I could kind of think of were Dodgeball, a true underdog story, <laughs> and Super Troopers. Super Troopers, I think, was the other movie where when I saw it in the theater, and it was unfortunate because I'm laughing so hard, and I see people talking on the screen, and I am missing the jokes. Oh, yeah. you got to watch it multiple times to not laugh so hard through the jokes. Yep. Yeah. So that, that was – I mean, it was, it was fortunate and also unfortunate mm-hmm. at the same time. But, yeah, that, those, are, those are kind of the, the generational uh, comedies that hit us at the right time. And, yeah, so do you know of any, not to put you on the spot, do you know of any kind of comedies coming up that you're looking forward to? Or is a comedy a genre that when you see trailers, like, that goes on your calendar? Like, is it kind of your, one of your go-tos? I love to go see comedies because mm-hmm. they just make happy and it's fun mm-hmm. and you laugh and it takes you away in a way other types of movies don't. Um, you know, maybe someday they'll do a comedy about a single marine biologist that's <laughs> hysterical and mm-hmm. it'll just speak to me and I'll have that experience again of crying, laughing through jokes and maybe mm-hmm. even peeing a little bit. But uh, <laughs> Maybe even know. peeing a little bit. <laughs> Well, but you, I'm not aware of anything on the horizon okay. that uh, is a must see. But uh, now you could you could do a Kevin Smith if you want to if you want to make mm-hmm. a movie or if you want to see a movie based on a very specific thing, you just might have to write it. <laughs> so well, yeah. if if you know that marine biologist who is on crazy adventures <laughs> going across the world, you, yeah, hijinks ensue. Hijinks will ensue. <laughs> Excellent. Well, for this episode, uh, the comedic timing episode. Uh, thank you, Lynn, for, for stopping by and giving us your, your picks. Uh, I will, yeah, these, doing things like this, doing list episodes reminds you of a, just, yeah, various points in your life. And it really makes you want to either try and relive that moment, you know, watch the movie again to get that same type of feeling, except for Spaceballs. Uh, <laughs> my recommendation, you avoid can. it. Okay. Yep. Uh, cause it just, it does not hold up in <laughs> my enough. humble opinion. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it just it reminds you of good times. You know, not just the comedy itself, but at a good time in your life. Mm-hmm. So you can find the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at about to review. There's also on iTunes. Uh, there are no new five-star reviews on iTunes. So listeners, why are you letting me down? Why do you want to make me sad on a comedy episode? So if you leave a five-star review on iTunes, I will read it aloud on the episode. Because that is what I like to do. I like to give back to the, the community that way as I pander to them and beg them for five-star reviews on iTunes. So thank you again, Lynn, for stopping by. Thanks for having me. And you do have an idea for, for a future episode. Do, do you want to reveal that? Well, I will say uh, I love to read. Mm-hmm. And there are so many books that are made into terrible movies. Ooh, okay. But there are several that the movie is so excellent and it so captures the feeling or the mood of the book mm-hmm. uh, that they might even be better than the book. Oh, see, that would be good because, yeah, we could do a whole episode on movies that were terrible where the book oh, was good. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. Or movies that were even better than the book. Yes. I, think, I think we could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode and we will see you next time. Bye.